And welcome to GTFM this Wednesday evening, and we are absolutely delighted to have on the show Dave Cairns from Secret Affair. How are you this evening, Dave? How are you doing? Very well, thank you. I'm calling from the Kent coast. Lovely to have you on board. So, uh, we understand you're coming to Ronda Cunnantaf this weekend, is that right? That's right. We're playing uh, Jack's uh, music venue in Aberdeer on this coming Saturday, which I believe is May 27. Yes, it is. Yes. And you'll be playing all your usual hits and well-known tracks? Well, we will. What what we'll be doing is that we have uh, released last autumn and currently ongoing... We have a, a BBC Music uh, release, which is on their label called Demon Music. Yes. And they put out a very best-of um, CD and vinyl, which was fantastic. And it was all curated by the DJ and uh, Eddie Pillar. We are promoting that all through this year. And therefore, you'll get the very best of us over, well, 90 minutes, if you can stand it. Excellent. <laughs> Well, having seen you before in um, Cardiff University last year, I can thoroughly recommend your live show. So we'll go on to some uh, simple questions, Dave. So uh, how did you start out? I understand you and Ian were in a group before Secret Affair called New Hearts, is that right? Back in 1977? Yeah, we we, we formed that that band at, at Loughton College in Essex, where we both attended. And we just, it was in the... You know, the the new wave, well, it, the punk had already happened and they were starting to call bands joining it new wave. And at the time, really, um, the jam were already a successful act and they had very much a punk following uh, because I went to see them very early on in a pub venue. Mm. And so that, that, that was the days of the jam. The Clash, etc. Yes, and we, we we were inspired by the whole thing mm. to put a band together. Cut long story short, we we managed to get eight shows, begging and borrowing in London, and somehow we we were followed eight gigs in a row by the chairman of CBS, an American called Morris Oberstein. Yeah, and you know we were swept off our feet. And we were offered um, uh, a substantial record deal with CBS Records, who, who became Sony. Yeah. Um, and so it's a bit of a whirlwind thing. It didn't really quite work out for us, but we ended up on tour with with the Jam. Mm. Uh, that I can't. I'm trying to think which tour it was. Setting Sense. No, it was earlier because right. um, the first album was was um, in the city. Mm. It must have been the second one, which is what this is the modern world. Or? Uh, this is the modern world, yes. Yeah, so we did the whole tour with them. Okay, uh, which was an interesting experience because uh, we're playing to very big audiences, um, big venues. Mm. Great learning curve for us, um, but ultimately. Um, CBS Records at the time, mm. they didn't really know what to do with us, mm. and unfortunately, um, rather than making us very kind of, we were a power pot band really, but they took the rawness out of us, yeah, and made us. They got the wrong producers involved to make it too poppy, mm. and it took all the credibility out of us. And mm. their CBS machine 
was designed with <laughs> with with teenage boys mm. that we were, we were kind of viewed. They took us down the road of a sort of boy band thing, which is not what we wanted. Mm. And the whole thing really was an exercise in how everything goes wrong, despite signing to a, a major label. And to this day, mm. well, probably I'm not sure about to this day, but um, you can sign deals uh, all you like that represent a lot of money. Yeah. But if your first two singles don't chart yeah. or succeed, they drop you and they don't want to put an album out be- because at the time the expense. Mm. Yes. So we we ended up having a, a short, sharp shock um, in, in terms of um, how things don't work. And that's when we took a break and Ian and I stuck together Ian Page yeah and then we came up with Secret Affair uh, with a with a way of getting it right mm. and uh, we made our minds up about all the things that went wrong we were going to avoid mm. and come on story short it worked and we ended up with the right people not the wrong people mm. the right record label and the right manager mm. um, who, who um, and and basically we we had a hit single um, very, very quickly mm. um, with Time for Action, mm-hmm. which I've just blown the competition question, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll put a different one on, Dave, it's fine. <laughs> I've got another question for you. Good man, voice. good man. And so um, we very quickly had a hit record on top of the pots, we'd sold nearly a quarter million singles. Mm. And then suddenly you think, yeah, we, we've got this right now. And um, you know, we went from strength to strength, to strength and we mm. were, it, it, it very quickly, within that one year, we'd gone from playing the club circuit to head, headlights selling out the Rainbow Theatre yeah. in Sinsbury Park, where I saw, as a as a schoolboy, age 14, I think, yeah. I saw David Bowie as Ziggy Stardust. Oof. Okay. So very lucky you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realise... There, there were only a couple of appearances by David Bowie and Ziggy mm. in London, and I was lucky to to be there. And um, well, I suppose when I was nine, 20 years old, yeah, I'm now walking out onto the stage, the same stage to sell out crowds. But it's one of these things where because you're so wrapped up in what you've got to do that day, yeah. You can't really take it in. Mm. So the moment passes you by and then, you know, the hall empties and you just think, oh, did that really happen? Mm. And so that was a very successful, wonderful year for us. So you had your first three three albums quite early, wasn't it? 1979, 80, 81. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So um, after your uh, single My World, which reached the UK top 30, so another another decent hit. What happened after that? I'll, I'll tell you what actually happened was that the, the, the first two albums were, were very successful and uh, My World was the hit from the second album. Yes. And then um, we, we were signed separately uh, for North America only to Sire Records in New York. Yeah. Um, who were the big indie label, which they, you know, Seymour Stein, who just recently died, he, he signed Madonna, Talking Heads, mm. 
uh, a, a lot of credible acts. And then he, he signed up a lot of bands like us. So he, he signed up Secret Fear, The Undertones, and mm. some other acts. And we went out on a big tour. It was three months by row. Yeah. I think we did 65 shows in a row. Um, and um, he just mysteriously disappeared and, and, and left um, the label, handed it back to Warner Brothers, the parent company. Yeah. And so uh, we had a fantastic tour, but we didn't have the label uh, backing. When we came back to the UK... Um, the, the 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 really great team um, at Arista Records yeah. in London, they'd all taken different jobs and moved on. Mm. So they, it's, it's typical of what happens in the industry then mm. and probably now. And then we were asked to make a third album. Yes. And we, because we'd been away for so long, um, the what happened was that that New Romantics as a scene had taken over. Yes. Well, so, that's what that's what I became when I was a teenager. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So, so basically, um, it kind of, it, it was, it was really all over for us because we'd left to go to the States and we recorded a third album in a residential studio in Cornwall. Yeah. Um, and when we, we delivered that and then there was no longer the, uh, the impetus um, in terms of the label getting us the Radio 1 plays you needed to have it single. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like we, well, we were kind of, we were no longer kind of welcome as people. There were other people being prioritised, mm. as it always happens. Mm. And we did one last tour to promote that album, which when when I look back, yeah. Um, it was a club tour, which would have involved Cardiff Top Rank, yeah, which we did several times, mm-hmm. and we sold out the whole. We pretty much sold out the whole club tour up and down the country, mm. um, and then we we had agreed that we were splitting up, mm. so we we wanted to leave on a high, so that we didn't end up, you know, losing our, our record deal, yeah, and losing everything so we we actually told the label it's over yeah uh, on top of a pretty much sellout club tour and then we disappeared so many many years later we, we got in, invited back in 2002 yeah uh by a big promoter to say look if you guys reform original lineup i'll put you on at shepherd's bush empire and a couple of other regional shows of warm-ups yeah and we, before, I, I hadn't really agreed to it properly. None of us had. And yeah. suddenly it's on sale. So we had to go and do it whether we liked it or not. And it, it, it was great in many respects. So in the end, you uh, did like it. <laughs> well, it, yeah. It, well, if you, if you hadn't been together and not spoken for all those years, mm. when you suddenly have to go in a rehearsal room mm. and you haven't spoken for 15 years, mm-hmm. um, it's a bit awkward and, and you've got no time to really get it together. We, we did a pretty good job. Mm. And, and then the following year, they tried to promote us uh, and we agreed to play the Scala. Yeah. Where, and then it was filmed by a DVD company 
which was a great offer for us in terms of putting you know some some money that that we could earn over a small fee for the gig. Yeah. So we ended up being filmed, and that that came out live at the Scala. But the the other than myself and, and Ian Page, the other original members had mm. careers yeah. and family life. They did not want to revisit any further. Yeah. Then there's another gap, and Ian and I kept in touch. Yeah. And we ended up again. It was an invitation from a um, a, 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 a big publishing company called Peer in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, who had their own recording studios in Hoban. Mm. And we went in and recorded half, uh, five tracks, which became the Solo Dreams album. Yeah. At their expense, and they they paid for um, other band members and session players. Mm. And we walked away from that. Mm. But you can't, in those days, you couldn't do much with five, five tracks. No. So we sat on it for more years. Yeah. And then... Um, potted history. Yeah, we started getting. We were offered um, in two thousand and eight. Yeah, we were offered the Isle of Wight scooter rally. Again, it's a bit of a bet. Yeah, look, we'll pay you some money. Come down, reform, and they put us on like, the ice rink. Yeah, which is a regular scooter rally venue in Ride on the Isle of Wight, mm-hmm. and. Um, we put together a, a big band with a horn section as a one-off. Mm. And um, it's it's sort of, they closed the doors uh, after 2,500 had gone in. Mm. And I thought, oh, Christ, this is, <laughs> you know, people want to see us. Yeah. And then because we played that, we got constant offers. It was the early days of the internet and websites. Yes. And we just got constant offers. And Ian and I just thought, well, you know what? Why don't we carry on? So we ended up um, playing in Moscow, mm. two nights in Tokyo, mm-hmm. and then and then across Europe. Uh, and then it just continued to the point to where we are now, yeah. which is 14, 14 years later. We've got a wonderful promoter behind us for several years now. They're called AGMP. Yeah. Um, and... They look after us every year. We do a big tour, um, a proper old-fashioned yeah. tour. And um, we've had various products that have come out that keeps the name alive. Mm. And um, here we are today where we are actively playing on a regular basis, including um, this coming weekend, we're playing the Stone Valley Festival South, which yes. is a great lineup of bands like us mm. that actually some of the bands um, quite big name acts mm. but l- like Boomtown Rats which has got Bob Geldof back in mm. that, that aren't asked to play mainstream festivals yeah you know like the 80s festivals that are, are really like Tony Hadley Howard Jones yeah. Nick Kershaw and, and those festivals, they don't, they, we don't fit in. More, they're, so, more, they're more pop, aren't they, than, I suppose, 80s, rock? It's classic 80s pop. So you, you want to hear Kim Wilde. They don't really want to hear, they don't want to hear Secret Affair. Yeah, Even yeah. though they probably know um, a lot of the songs. Yes. So we, we're locked into some quite great alternative festivals. 
are doing really well. Mm. And then, you know, Saturday night would be down at Jack's. Mm -hmm. A great community um, vibe down there. Great audience. Mm. Great it's just a nice community isn't it it certainly is so um yeah. talking about talking about that community i mean do you feel you've always had a strong uh, live following in wales i mean you spoke about your gigs in the top rank were regularly sold out uh, cardiff university was pretty full and you know that's quite a decent sized venue when i went to see you how do you how, well, what do you feel about your visits to wales in the past well gigs in cardiff and bristol actually have always been great for us the, the Cardiff Uni gig we did, um, I think we did nearly 500, uh, I think we got up to 470 people in that venue. Yes. And it's a, it's a great venue. Um, so we really enjoyed that. And um, I think what, what, when we do a bit of a sing-along to a track like my, song like My World, yeah. where we deliberately let everyone have a chance to sing, mm. well, you can't beat a Welsh, uh, it's like having a Welsh choir sing, <laughs> singing at the top of their voices. So I hear, I hear so many artists say that, but it's 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 factual. It is well, factual. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a uh, it's great to to hear it singing. It, it makes me emotional because I wrote my world myself. Yeah, when I was eighteen years old. Yeah, and so to be, I never really dreamt because I I don't know. Very, won't bore everyone, but I gave up music. I became a, an events manager for Gibson Guitars. I lived and worked in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, I had nothing to do with actually playing the band. I never had dreamt in you know 2023 um, that I'd be, or last year, for instance, yeah. that I'd be playing a song that I wrote when I was 18 and listening to several hundred people singing singing along to the song. It makes me very emotional. Do you still get the buzz going out on stage and performing, Dave? However, do you think you'll still get that when I, I assume you're approaching your 70s very soon? <laughs> I'm not approaching my 70s very, very soon, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm actually 64 years old when I'm 64. Yes. Uh, no, I'm 64 at the moment. And, um, well... The important thing for me is that I love playing electric guitar. Yeah. And it's always been part of my life, whether I'm on the stage or off the stage or working for a guitar company. And my joy is playing electric guitar mm. for a nice vintage amp and some lovely effects mm -hmm. and playing to an audience. So my, my, my focus is like, Christ, I'm actually getting paid to play to an audience playing mm. an electric guitar. I'm not stuck down maybe a local pub playing along with a little blues band, which, yeah. which is great. I'm actually, it's, it's it's great to be back up there, but my focus is as a, as a guitarist. Marvellous. Well, Dave, we'll come to a couple of um, quick questions we've had sent in by fans of the band. Yeah. So if you don't mind answering these, um, let's have a look. Who were your biggest influences as a musician starting out? That's a question from Andy up in Aberdeer. Well, I have to think, yeah, sort of, um, my brother was, is, is rather five years older than me. Mm. So I grew up listening to him with a massive vinyl collection of everything in the early 70s. And so 
as I started to play guitar, yeah, it's really about influencing me on guitar. Would really be uh, somebody like Peter Green with Fleetwood Mac, but mm. early Fleetwood Mac, and big and and, uh, and uh, Hendrix. Anything Hendrix did, yeah. So and and of course, I loved the Who and I loved Pete Townsend because um, I um, used to be. Um, uh, a rhythm guitarist in a college band which had a classic lead guitarist. Yeah. And I really got frustrated about um, playing guitar behind somebody that's noodling away on lead guitar. So I just thought, well, if Townsend can play on his own, yeah. and he plays, I've never been a lead guitarist, but if you can learn to play in a three-piece band yeah. and, and, you don't, and you don't need to hear another guitar, what you do is you learn to play lead guitar, but you, the lead guitar that you play mm. is two strings at a time. Mm. And that's kind of what Townsend's always done. And so, and the same as Stevie Marriott, he's one of my heroes, Steve Marriott. Um, yeah. all, all, of those, all of those kind of players, which inspired me to say, I can stand up here and I don't need some, I don't need another guitarist. And if you've got to learn how to fill the sound. Yeah. And, and what what I did, like again with Mary and Townsend, is the guitarist that, that if you any, if you know about guitar, that there is a bar chord, mm. which is when you put your finger over all the the frets and you play chords, yeah. which is very much what all punk bands used to do. Yeah, and it very much shuts down and restricts the the sound. Um, and kind of shuts it down. There's no sustain to it. Yeah. And so I learned if you want to play on your own in a three-piece band on guitar, yeah, you have to play with big, with open strings. Yeah. So I never, in the whole of Secret Affair, to this day, I never play a bar chord. I have got an alternative, and it rings out, mm. and it fills the sound. Mm. And that's the... And and my biggest work, my latest guitar hero actually mm. would be Stevie Ray Vaughan, mm-hmm. uh, the Tex Mex guitarist who unfortunately died in a helicopter crash. Yeah, sensational player, sensational. So that they're kind of my influences. Okay, so bearing in mind now, uh, what plans do Secret Affair have to for the future? Will you be continuing touring for the next few years? Have you got any plans for any new album? Possibly. Well, we we obviously COVID um, left us all in isolation. Mm. Um, we we are we are thinking about getting back into the recording process and how we're going to do it. Why and and the timing of that. So yeah. that's been talked about. We we end up we get booked a year and a half in advance. Right. So I'm already booked for, sh- for shows starting May of next year. Ah, good so stuff. In other words, so basically, um, we are booked in and signed up. Um, yeah, we're booked a year in advance. So basically, uh, you're going to do it whether you like it or not. So you better not fall out because <laughs> you're booked and the tickets are on sale. It's it's actually good because it keeps it keeps you really focused on, right, we're going to be playing this next May, yeah. 
we're going to play this country, and it's you know it's good. Listen, you you have to you can't stop in this business anymore. If you say, uh, do you know what we decided to take a year off? You're finished. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Because every other band that's around you that are in the same world, yeah, they have taken your place, and they are taking those festival slots. And breaking back into it um, would be um, it would be very difficult. So therefore, we just roll on. Okay. Right. Well, Dave, that was an absolutely fascinating interview. I thank you so much for giving us your time today on GTFM. So one last thing. You've kindly donated two tickets to give away to Secret Affair fans. And uh, you're going to set a... Sorry, I should have said four tickets. Oh, four tickets. Okay, four Four tickets to give away to Secret Affair fans. So, And you're going to set us a little question. So what is that? As I've blown it already. Um, <laughs> name the title of our debut album. Debut album. So there we go. If you want to go and see Secret Affair in Jacks on Saturday, drop us an email to mail at gtfm.co.uk. Make sure you put your contact details and put Secret Affair competition in the subject box. And hopefully you can win four tickets. We will name the winners via email and uh, on my Twitter, which is at Matt Rowley 1973. So once again, Dave, thank you very much for joining us on GTFM. We will look forward to seeing you in the Ronda Saturday night. Okay, one last thing. Yes? Um, Ian Page and I will be at the merchandise stand shortly after coming off stage. So come up and say hello. Well, if I was there, I certainly would. But as I said to you, as I said before, the, uh, the we started the interview. Well, I can't go. Uh, well, I have my tickets, but I can't make it. Well, have a great birthday. Thank you very much. I will make the most of it. And All I will right. come and see you in Cardiff in November for definite. Okay, great. It's been a real pleasure. Take care, Dave. We will speak again. Thank you.